Welcome to Rebel Roundup, ladies and gentlemen, and the rest of you, in which we look back at some of the very best commentaries of the week by your favorite rebels. I'm your host, David Menzies. Well, the harassment of Calgary pastor Arthur Poslowski by the police and by Alberta Health Services just continues to intensify. And what sins has Arthur committed? Uh, preaching the gospel, feeding the homeless, well, these are indeed considered to be crimes against the state these days in Alberta. And our newest rebel, Adam Seuss, has all the latest details. And speaking of Alberta Health Services, the AHS Karens are now even harassing those who want to race their dirt bikes in the great outdoors because this is allegedly a super spreader event. Sheila Gunn-Reed has all the nitty gritty on this latest AHS Jihad. And letters, we get your letters, we get them every minute of every day, and you had plenty to say about the anti-lockdown protest that took place last Saturday in Peterborough, Ontario. Potty Mouth Mayor Diane Therian called this gathering a, quote, traveling clown convention, end quote, while the keynote speakers, Maxine Bernier and Randy Hillier, were given tickets by the Peterborough police for Speaking in a public park? Oh, there were plenty of clowns in Peterborough that day, folks. One was occupying the mayor's office and the rest of the bozos were wearing police uniforms. Those are your rebels now. Let's round them up. Rebels, we have an absolute emergency on our hands. We have another pastor in Alberta who could potentially face jail time, just like Pastor James Coates of Grace Life Church. This pastor is known to you. Actually, he's known to the whole world. Pastor Artur Palowski was our very first Fight the Fines case after he received lockdown tickets for feeding the homeless outside in Calgary, Alberta something the police called an illegal gathering. Art continues to rack up tickets because he refuses to stop feeding the homeless, and he doesn't wear a mask when he does this outside. Art also doesn't limit his church service to the 15% of fire code required by the city, and the city hates him for it. But Art's got an excellent lawyer named Sarah Miller, who is working for him at no cost to him through our Rebel News Civil Liberties Initiative, fightthefines.com. Today we found out that Arthur needs Sarah's help now more than ever, which means that we need your help to pay for it all, so Art can do what he does, and that is take care of the least of our brothers here in Calgary. Friends, this is an absolute five-alarm fire, and we need to save Arthur. Here's what's happening. As you know, police visited Art's church on Holy Saturday, and he cast them out, not allowing them to disrupt services. That video went viral. Please get out. Get out of this property. Immediately get out. Get out of this property. Immediately. Out. I don't want to hear anything. Out of this property. Immediately. I don't want to hear a word. Out. Out. Out of this property. Immediately until you come back with a warrant. Out! Out! Even after that video embarrassed not only the province of Alberta's Alberta Health Services, but also the City of Calgary Police on an international scale, they came back. They're out to show Art who's boss. Well, friends, we have a SWAT team in our church again coming, authorities. 
So I'm going to go out and see what they want. Yes. Oh, hello, Walter. Hi, Arthur. I wonder if I could just give you a couple of things that I thought of. This is for you. Uh, it basically outlines the fact we have the, uh, the Dubai exposure today. At least explain the order, serve the order, and then we can stand at the back. No, you can contact. Can no, 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 no. You can contact my lawyer. Okay, my lawyer takes care of this. I'm not interested to listen to any word you have to say. I do not cooperate with Gestapo. Remember when Art told the police to come back with a warrant? Well, they did. A secret one obtained in secret, using secret evidence. Here's the warrant. We just saw it today. It's an order which Alberta Health Services obtained without notice against Arthur. It's their response to his get a warrant video from over Easter weekend. Immediately until... You come back with a warrant. Out! What this means is that an Alberta Health Services inspector will now be exempt from Section 176.2 of the Canadian Criminal Code, which prevents the disruption of religious service and progress. So an Alberta Health Services inspector will be able to enter Arthur's church and interrupt ongoing service. It's unbelievable, but it's true. Sad but true, the province of Alberta is gunning for yet another church, but the questions arise, what do the authorities have against pastors preaching the gospel in the first place? And what do the authorities have against a pastor feeding those who are down on their luck? Or is Jason Kenney's Alberta now a place in which no good deed goes unpunished? And joining me now with more on the plight of Arthur Pawlowski is Adam Seuss. How you doing there, Adam? Good. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing great, my friend. So, Adam, correct me if I'm wrong here, but when Premier Kenny was an MP in the Harper government, he was all about religious freedom. So what, pray tell, has changed? Because it seems to me that various government agencies and the Calgary police are pursuing a bizarre vendetta against Arthur. Yeah, it's a really good question, and and it's hard to really ground it because that was something he was so particularly passionate about. And I think it all goes back to this thing, and I've mentioned it a few times. But um, conservative candidates, with their with the or conservative leadership, they're just afraid of losing right now. So even if they have a long-standing conviction that they're firmly planted on, if they feel that it might be unpopular, might be criticized by the CBC, might be uh, criticized by the NDP, they're very quick to roll over on those convictions, and it's an unfortunate situation. You know, I think you're absolutely right about that, Adam. I, I think if we were to reach out to uh, Jason Kenney's base, um, they would be all about religious freedom and all kinds of freedom. It doesn't even have to be religious. Mm -hmm. So it seems to me to be um, a very awkward strategy. It's almost as though Premier Kenny is reaching out, you know, to the, as, as our boss Ezra likes to call them, the mean girls in the media party, uh, saying, uh, look what I'm doing. I'm shutting down these churches. I'm shutting down these mass gatherings. But these people are never going to vote uh, for Kenny in the first place. No. So why pursue this flawed strategy? Well, I, I think part of it is is when they look at polls, and we know polls aren't working lately very effectively, but they, they figure that people who are supporting them, there's no one else. It's kind of like an abusive relationship. He's like, well, who else are you going to vote for? I mean, um, I have you as my base anyways, and if I shove you around a little bit or don't represent what you want, you're still going to vote for me. But we need to win a few of these people over. So I think there's that pragmatic sort of 
consideration for trying to make sure they don't lose too much of the vote, but that it's just a self-defeatist policy um, because if you do that on every issue, you end up compromising your entire entire base. We've seen this repeatedly in Alberta, and what ends up happening is the party fractures, a new party forms, everyone gets on board with that party, it becomes a new party, and for a couple of years it's principled and conservative, and then the same things start happening. The CBC, NDP, opposing forces, um, general uh, political correctness in society start prying away at the new party, and eventually we wind up in, we wind up in the exact same situation we were in in the first place. Oh, I think you're right, Adam. I think uh, Premier Kenny is playing with fire here. He might be contributing to the perfect storm that results in Rachel Notley regaining power, as uh, nightmarish as that sounds. But um, the other thing about this, too. Adam is is the optics look so brutal in the two video clips we showed uh, including the infamous one of Archer yelling get out get out that went viral mm -hmm. around the world why is it that a half a dozen Calgary police armed police and I believe these are the uh, usually the cops that are on the gang uh, patrol why are they being dispatched uh, to uh, enforce these Alberta Health Services uh, mandates when there's absolutely no evidence of uh, Ardor or his flock being violent in the first place? I mean, and that's that's exactly it. He. he that what it took to get him to the point of that video, um, I'm not going to pretend that Archer is milk toast even for a second. He's a principled conservative uh, Christian who sticks by his orthodox biblical values, um, and he will continue to. But he, in equal measure, uh, extends charity and love uncompromisingly. He's out on the streets every week feeding people, getting people jobs, reaching out to those who are most vulnerable in our society. Um, so he, he's a poster child for charity and outreach. The thing that the government, that AHS, Alberta Health Services, that the police don't like about him and don't like about anyone outspoken, we've seen numerous cases here in Alberta, they go after people who publicly oppose these orders or who are seen as publicly resisting. Now, many of these people are not making political statements overtly. They're saying, no, I'm not closing or no. It's as though they believe that homeless hunger is going to stop because they've instituted a lockdown. That's not how it works. And Pastor Pulowski refuses to stop caring for those people who need care on the most serious level. But it's his verbal opposition to what they're saying. I can tell you firsthand from numerous experiences, many people who are pro-lockdown and will publicly tweet about this, once you talk to them, they're saying they're getting together with their families, they're having their kids in from out of town, they're, they're doing these vacations, but publicly they're not opposing it. So they're going along with the orders publicly. Privately, it's quite different. So it seems that Alberta Health Services, the government of Alberta, absolutely is coming down on people who, who seek to make a point in opposition intentionally. And Adam, just to go back to something you said there, the idea of Ardor going out and feeding homeless people that actually need this service, you know, I'm trying to make sense of the baffling logic of shutting that down. Yes, it's a possibility you could contract the Wuhan virus and get sick or even die, God forbid. But 100%, if you don't eat, you will die of starvation. So, why come down on somebody that is providing the absolute bare essentials of life? 
And I, I think that there is a history. Um, for those who don't know, Pastor Archer Pulowski was one of the first people arrested in Canada simply for reading the Bible publicly. And interestingly enough, and I plan to investigate this, the same judge has signed off on numerous of these orders. So the original arrest order, as well as the latest uh, troubling warrant, which we've covered and has garnered quite a bit of attention, um, where Section 276.2 of the Criminal Code, where uh, worship cannot be interrupted, has been waived so they can go get... The pastor whenever they want um so there there it's it's i mean it's an extremely good question but uh there there seems to be some sort of internal uh dialogue that we have to get this guy and one last thing before we wrap adam um that section 276 that you just referred to somehow alberta health services was able to get a court order presumably from a judge who thought it was a good idea to trump our constitutional rights. What was that judge thinking, do you presume? I mean, I, I don't know what to presume. I can't, I, can't, um, I can't speak to it from an authoritative or legal purpose. Um, I know that I spoke with, with a lawyer the other day and that they said overtly as a lawyer that they almost can't do anything right now. The court systems aren't working. The courts, they aren't standing up for the charter rights. They aren't standing up for our rights and freedoms, which is one of the fundamental responsibilities of a court, what they're doing is just bowing and kowtowing to the government because they're afraid of repercussions if they don't go. And that's not how the legal system works. The judges bow to the uh, Charter of Rights and Freedoms. All laws are, are sort of subservient to the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. That doesn't work if judges are submitting to government officials, unelected government officials at that. Well, Arthur, uh, Adam, we're going to have to wrap it there. Um, I think whether it's uh, Arthur's case in Calgary or Grace Life in the Edmonton area, uh, at the end of the day, the buck stops at Jason Kenney's desk. But he seems to be all in in this kind of harassment and an intimidation. That, that's what it is, as far as I can tell. And mm -hmm. I think it's shameful, and I think it goes against everything he stood for going back to when he was uh, an MP in the Harper administration. But thank you so much for these uh, stories, Adam, and I know there's more to come, and, and hopefully there, there is going to be a happy ending in, in the days ahead. Certainly hope so. Thanks so much for having me on. You got it. And that was Adam Seuss, folks, in Calgary. Keep it here. More of Rebel Roundup to come right after this. Sheila Gunn-Reed for Rebel News here at Coal Trail Motocross Park. Yeah, this is one of those Rebel assignments where I stop and reflect on just how lucky I am to have this job because I love motocross, particularly little kids' motocross, like the really, really little ones. It's one of my favorite things ever, little kids on dirt bikes. Now, Coal Trail Motocross is just south of Hardesty, Alberta, the east-central Alberta town that's home to the Tank Farm for the now cancelled by Joe Biden Keystone XL pipeline. This is a deeply conservative area. Now, owner of the motocross park here, Emily Clausen, and her husband Kelly have decided that enough is enough, and they've closely examined the rules surrounding amateur sports and the enforcement of those rules by Alberta Health Services. And get this, kids' sports can be open for practice, but not competition. So if you keep track of winners and losers, somehow the coronavirus is going to get you and kill you. But if everybody gets a participation ribbon or if you call it a practice, apparently the coronavirus knows 
all of that and we'll leave you alone. It looks like it's a busy weekend here at Coal Trail. Emily tells me that there are 300 different entries here and there are spectators here from as far away as Edmonton and Calgary. I don't know if police will consider this an illegal gathering of more than 10 people outdoors as are the current rules here in Alberta regarding the lockdown. I did see two RCMP cars when I turned off the main road and a third car was there with what looks to be an Alberta Health Services inspector in it. If those guys plan on busting up this completely outdoor event, I think they're going to have their work cut out for them. So I'm going to talk to Emily and Kelly and some of the participants and spectators and see what they have to say about the lockdown on motocross and I guess on amateur sport in general. Anyway, let's go check it out. So Emily and Kelly, you guys own uh, Cold Trail Motorsports Park here. And I guess what you're doing here is somewhat defiant of the lockdown. Explain uh, what limitations that are placed on you to hold this event here. So we are open for riding for practice. We're able to run ride schools. We had a race booked for the weekend. Um, racing is not permitted, so we're open for practice. We're practicing racing. We want to get riders out, families out, people out, seeing each other, the fresh air, just out in the out in the open, on your bike, being active. Motocross is one of the most enduring physical sports there is. And there's no healthier thing to be doing than working out, being outdoors, vitamin D, sunshine, enjoying it with your, with your family. Now, I, Kelly, Emily uh, drove home the point that this is a practice because that's one of the most ridiculous parts of the rules placed on you guys here is that you can practice, but you can't compete. Yeah, that's correct. We read it as as long as you identify as non-competitive, then you can <laughs> practice and then you're not competing. Ah, the great outdoors, vitamin D galore, having fun in the sun while racing dirt bikes. Oops, I mean practicing racing dirt bikes. What's not to love? But alas, the unelected, non-accountable bully bureaucrats at Alberta Health Services are apparently taking a dim view of motocross events these days. Somehow, someway, young, healthy people having fun outdoors as a super spreader event. But where, oh where, is the science that supports such a preposterous proposition? Because that's what's driving all these lockdown decisions these days, right folks? Science. Or is it weird science? And joining me now regarding the war on motocross in Alberta is Sheila Gunn-Reed. How you doing there, Sheila? Hey, David, thanks for having me on the show. Always a pleasure. So, Sheila, to me, it comes down to this. The vast majority of the Wuhan virus deaths are seniors residing in long-term care facilities. So, please, how in the world does shutting down an outdoor dirt bike track do anything positive to improve that gruesome situation? An outdoor dirt bike track in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> dozens of acres, and the people who come, they bring their own travel trailers, motorhomes, whatever. So they don't even really like, it's like having your own pod when you go to these places. The kids are in full motocross gear. So chest protectors, pants, shirts, boots, gloves, 
helmet, goggles. They don't even look like little humans. They look like little robots, yes. cute little robots. But I mean, they're they're pretty well bubble wrapped. And yet somehow this is not permissible. But taking your kids to the Walmart to buy a game with 500 strangers <laughs> where you can go home and pretend like you're on a motocross track, that's perfectly fine. None of it makes any sense, especially this idea that you can have a practice, but you can't keep track of the score or the times. How does that make COVID more or less deadly if you keep track of winners and losers? No, you know, Sheila, you make a really good point there. Uh, the motocross people were way ahead of the curve when it came to PPE, not about <laughs> yeah. not getting a virus, but uh, it's all about not having your skull cracked open if you crash. So, but nevertheless, you're right. I mean, how, given all the protection they wear, that is an added layer. How, uh, well, who is driving these crazy decisions? Well, I think it comes down to um, Alberta Health Services being real sticklers and not being adaptive and having common sense. Like they literally are following the letter of the law when they say, okay, well, you can't have competition. So I guess that means, okay, if you're going to the basketball court, kids can shoot hoops as long as they're not banging into each other in a game. Well, that makes sense, I guess, if you want to avoid physical contact to prevent transmission. But how how does that make any sense when it applies to motocross or rodeo or whatever? I mean, it, they're following the letter of the law, but not the spirit of the law. And, you know, these government workers want me to believe that they aren't a bunch of mindless drones, but they've got to quit acting like them then. No, you're absolutely right, Sheila, and, and, and I hearken back to what's going on here in Ontario. When it comes to the ultimate non-contact sport in the great outdoors, it's got to be golf, right? Um, sure. You know, there's no body checking, there's no incidental contact that you might have in basketball. And earlier this week, uh, Ireland rescinded its golf ban. So get a load of this, Sheila. Ontario, as I understand it, is the only jurisdiction on the planet where golf is banned. Now, why is the Wuhan virus so um, mad at Ontario golfers and not the golfers of all the other countries the world over? Again, I can't make sense of this. David, you must follow the science. And the science <laughs> says that the Wuhan virus it's especially out after 8 p.m. in Quebec um, because of their curfew. But here in Alberta, in the case of Pastor Art Pulowski, um, the police can enter his church, according to their new warrant, between 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Yeah. to inspect for compliance with COVID regulations. But after 8 o'clock, well, I guess it's a free-for-all. The virus doesn't get you in Alberta. Um, after eight, that's fine. But in Quebec, it does. It doesn't get you in Walmart or Costco, but it'll get you outdoor at the motocross track. Um, you can't go to the archery lane and stand in your own lane and shoot your own arrows. But you can have the guy who runs the archery shop come put his hands on your shoulder, show you how to draw, adjust your bow, touch your arrows. Um, that's fine because it's one-on-one -on -one training, but you can't use the archery lanes alone because science. Well, you know, 
Um, we've settled the science argument, I think, uh, Sheila. Let's talk about the strategy of this motocross track, which I kind of love. It's the idea of saying to the officials, well, this, there's no racing going on here. We're just practicing racing, you see, which to the naked eye <laughs> looks like racing uh, to me, Sheila. And don't get me wrong, I'm glad they can dodge any kind of shutdown order uh, via a loophole, for lack of a better uh, term of word. But I just wonder, will the authorities accept this? Um, and I think of Alicia Herder of Chrome Artistic Barbering in St. Catharines, who reimagined her barbershop, Sheila, as a film production studio and initially got the blessing of bylaw yep. at the city. But that quickly turned, and now the trouble and the fines, I mean, they are trying to ruin this woman's life as far as I'm concerned. Do you see something similar happening here that maybe they're accepting this is practice racing as opposed to racing racing, uh, but they might take a different tack and say, no, we're not buying it anymore. You shut down or else. Oh, David, we're already there. Um, I heard from uh, Emily Clausen yesterday, and Alberta Health Services has issued an order to her, an executive order, saying that she has to um, not have more than 10 people in the facility. Now, what does that mean? Does it mean on the track at one time? So that their people can't wait at their trailers, at their campers, whatever. Um, and so... They've already said, if you don't limit this to 10 people, I don't know if that means on the track or what. They're not clear because they don't understand motocross. Um, but they've already they've already positioned themselves to issue her closure notice and a fine if she doesn't comply. Unbelievable. I, I had a feeling uh, this was eminent, uh, Sheila. Uh, one last question. You know, one thing I've really despised about so many of these health bureaucrats during the pandemic is that they are unelected, they are non-accountable, and as is the case with Alicia Herter in St. Catharines or this motocross track in Alberta, they tend to change the rules in the bottom of the ninth inning to serve their agenda. When all this is over, I think we have to have a reckoning, Sheila, when the dust settles and the smoke clears. We have to find a way in which this never happens again, that such unelected, non-accountable people get to mandate how we live our lives. Yeah. Uh, as far as Alberta Health Services, at least their health inspector department is concerned, I think everybody should be fired and then the good ones rehired. <laughs> yeah. um, because their tendency towards authoritarianism during this pandemic has been absolutely on full display uh, the ease and speed with which they move to ruin people's lives yeah. speaks to the kind of people that a lot of them are um it's just been heartless or they'll say like in the instance of uh, wild archery i understand i understand the health inspector said to justin at wild archery because i haven't been able to go to the gym either and justin's like you're going to close my business. Don't ever compare that to the fact that you're inconvenienced and can't go to the gym because you don't want to go in the treadmill in your basement. Like they don't understand. They're out of touch. They haven't lost a day's pay. Actually, they've all gotten raises while they go around from place to place and ruin people's lives 
at their darkest hour when they're the most desperate, the government comes in to destroy your life. I hope they are all laid off for two weeks without any sort of pay so they can feel a little bit of the pain that they inflict on people and then only the good ones hired back. You're so right, Sheila. They ruin people's lives, but they don't ruin the lives of themselves. They're, they're ill. No. Government and the bureaucracy has been absolutely immune uh, to this virus. They don't have to worry about vaccinating up when it comes to their freedoms and their paychecks. What a disgrace. Uh, considering, especially, Sheila, since we pay their salaries. They should be yeah. our servants, but clearly that's not the, the issue. And uh, please, folks, never say that phrase ever again. We're all in this together. Clearly that is not the case. Sheila, thank you so much. You have a great weekend, my friend. I will, David. And if anybody uh, is considering opening their business in defiance of the lockdowns, especially, you know what, rodeos, archery lanes, gun stores, uh, the places I like to frequent motocross tracks. <laughs> Do reach out to us at IWillOpen.com and I'll come out and tell your story. Wow. And there are few journalists that can tell it any better than our own <laughs> Sheila Gunn-Reed folks. So thanks again, Sheila. Have a great weekend. Thanks, David. And that was Sheila Gunn-Reed somewhere in the northern hinterland of Alberta. Keep it here. More of Rebel Roundup to come right after this. in the gulag of fear that they're instilling or trying to. Will they? Or will they have a backbone? Will they have some gumption? Will they have principles? Will they have any conviction to their oath of office? I don't want a society, show me your papers. We don't want that. Trying to intimidate us, barricading the roads, trying to block people from coming in and showing their opposition to this de facto police state that Ontario is in. David Menzies for Rebel News here in Peterborough, Ontario. Well, I can tell you, folks, there's about 1,200 people gathering here for an anti-lockdown demonstration. The keynote speakers are Maxime Bernier of the People's Party of Canada and Randy Hillier, an MPP who used to be part of Doug Ford's caucus until he was booted out for essentially speaking his mind. Well, I can tell you, not everybody is happy about the event happening in the park today. Case in point, uh, Mayor Diane Therian, yesterday she tweeted this out, quote, Hey, Randy Hillier and Maxine Bernier, I know you boys are bored, but 
stay TF home, end quote. Wow, really wonderful parliamentary language by Mayor Terrian there. And uh, she doubled down. She later tweeted out, quote, the traveling clown convention isn't welcome here, end quote. So how do you like that, folks? People gathering in a public park, standing up for their right to assemble, their right to free speech, are being likened to a bunch of Ronald McDonald's and Pennywise's. Uh, that is outrageous. I am not a clown. Uh, I'm actually a veteran. I think I should be allowed to come here uh, 24-7. What about yourself, ma'am? Are, are you a clown? No, I'm not a clown, and I'm all for freedom. And yes. I want freedom for my grandchildren. This means so much. I think of our veterans that gave up their lives fighting for this country, and we're all willing to roll over so easily. Not me. Well, what a raucous occasion that unfolded in little Peterborough, Ontario last Saturday. First, the city's potty mouth mayor likened Maxime Bernier and Randy Hillier and those who chose to exercise their constitutional rights as being members of a, quote, traveling clown convention, end quote. And then the cops made sure to ticket Mr. Bernier and Mr. Hillier when they left the park, which was odd because last summer, these very same cops in this very same park didn't ticket any Black Lives Matter demonstrators. Oh no, on the contrary, the Peterborough police, including the chief, actually bent the knee in solidarity with the protesters. Wow. So I guess when it comes to being a bozo in Peterborough, it all boils down to what issue you're protesting. If you're a racial justice protester, you're a cherished social justice warrior. If you have a contrary opinion to lockdowns that are doing so much damage and ruining so many lives, well, you're the second coming of Ronald McDonald. Unbelievable. In any event, you had plenty to say about the hypocrisy on display in Peterborough that day, not to mention the disrespect the mayor and her armed minions showed to the demonstrators. Pop Shop Kid writes, sadly, authoritarianism is firmly planted in Canada and the Peterborough mayor is disgusting to call names like that. I guess she likes a dictatorship. Well, Pop Shop Kid, when an elected MPP like Randy Hillier is given tickets for merely speaking in a public park, yeah, I'm sure it kind of feels like people who are running Peterborough are embracing dictatorship and a tin pot one at that. James Ball, Bell rather writes, nobody in a free country should live in fear of their government. Oh, I agree, James, but the fear factor is off the charts these days. And if fear doesn't work, then how about those hefty fines? In many respects, Canada is unrecognizable these days compared to what existed prior to the pandemic. And I think this attack on our freedoms is truly the real virus. Anna writes, quote, I am a Canadian, free to speak without fear, free to worship in my own way, free to stand for what I think right, free to oppose what I believe wrong, or free to choose those who shall govern my country. This heritage of freedom I pledge to uphold for myself and all my mankind. End quote. John G. Diefenbaker. Profound words indeed. Can anyone out there imagine Aaron O'Toole saying something that comes even remotely close to this? I sure can't. <laughs> Smooth Cynical writes, 
Just remember, Canada, if all was already lost, there would be no need for the constant propaganda. Keep fighting, keep gathering, keep the pressure on. If we don't stand for something, we'll fall for everything. Well said, smooth cynical, and hope, as always, abounds. Patricia Bayer writes, bloody lying government. They have no right to our tax dollars if we don't have our rights as Canadian citizens, real Canadian citizens. Yes, Patricia, and Mayor Therrien needs to take note here. Those taxpaying citizens she labeled as clowns are the people who are actually paying her salary. And by the way, I don't think Mayor F-Bomb has ever lost a single day's pay during this pandemic. So yet again, so much for the biggest lie of the past 13 months, namely, we're all in this together. <clears throat> Alana Moronic writes, outside in the sunshine and the fresh air is the last place you'll catch any virus. These police should be ashamed of themselves indeed. And I'd really like to know why it was okay for the police to join a BLM protest last summer, but somehow an anti-lockdown protest is a super spreader event. Please, Chief Scott Gilbert, explain the science on this one. I did reach out to your media office, by the way, with questions, and I have yet to hear back. I think that's called cowardice. And Henrika writes, the Peterborough police has lost its mind. This is political persecution ticketing an elected politician while speaking for freedom. It does not get any worse. The chief of police ought to resign or be removed from his post. Unfortunately, Henrika, that's not going to happen. In fact, given the delusional mindset of Peterborough's mayor, I wouldn't be surprised if Chief Gilbert gets a raise for his behavior because that's how they roll in cities in which a woke joke mayor sits in the office. Well, that wraps up another edition of Rebel Roundup. Thanks so much for joining us. See you next week. And hey, folks, never forget, without risk, there can be no glory. Good night. <laughs>